time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Good evening. Welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. Aberdeen are looking to get back to winning ways and it's Petodrick tomorrow for the visit of Ross County. Boss Derek McInnes knows that his side needs to get back to winning games. We've lost a um, couple of poor goals of late and it's important to try and get back to being as solid as we possibly can be. On the other side of it, I think it's important that uh, we can try and demonstrate the speed that we've got in the team. I think we need to retain the ball better in, in the final third and obviously carry more of a threat as we have done at different stages this season. So at the end of the day, uh, nothing I win won't solve and we can uh, uh, get back to winning ways. We've had one defeat against Rangers in the league in the last nine, ten games or so. So we know uh, there's room for improvement and we're not satisfied with what we've served up over the last few weeks, but I think every team will have to deal with some sort of run like this throughout the season. And it's important we come out at now because then we give us the opportunity to go and accumulate plenty of points. North Sound 1, Red Friday. This is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. It's an important few weeks for the Dons and wins are a must. Last week, disappointment at the result, but in the circumstances, was it a good result, Dave? Yeah, in the circumstances, uh, I mean, I turned to Andrew with about 20 minutes to go and said, we'll take a point because at that, at that time it was St Mirren, all St Mirren with the extra man advantage and a very key man in Lewis Ferguson that uh, had gone off very early in the second half. So, And Ryan Edmondson, who'd come on uh, to make it two up front uh, late on, could have uh, won it late on and then even later on we could have lost it, but for Andy Considine on the goal line uh, with Lee Irwin, who really should have scored but thankfully he didn't. But So in the end, it was a game that we, we wanted the three points. In the end we're grateful to take a point back up the road. Yeah, of course you look at it on paper, Andrew, and you see two games against St Mirren over the course of two weeks, one point and obviously one was a cup game, so defeating that. Um, it doesn't make great reading on paper, but in the circumstances, there are mitigating circumstances last week anyway. There were, certainly. I mean, uh, it was a big boost when uh, we were sitting waiting for the team to arrive to see one of the first off the bus was Ross McCrory, because we, we didn't expect him to be playing. Uh, and I'm sure he didn't expect to be doing the job of two midfield men for probably 45 minutes in, in the second period after Fergie had been sent off. Incidentally, I've got to say... Bobby Madden made such a mess of that decision because if ever there was a, a non-yellow card, it was that one because, I mean, it all came about, let's be brutally honest, it all came about because of a sloppy pass from Shea Logan, which Ferguson had to chase to prevent John Obika breaking away. Obika put his body between himself and Ferguson in the ball, nothing wrong with that, but in doing so, also smashed Ferguson in the face with his shoulder and Ferguson was falling over as a result of that collision. I think Obika had lost his balance slightly, and the two fell fell over. Now, Bobby Madden had a pretty clear view of that, but he deemed it to be a free kick to St Mirren and a yellow card for Lewis Ferguson. So yeah. where he got that decision from, uh, I really don't know. And the, the penalty was, by the letter of the law nowadays, it was a penalty, but it's so soft that had, I think the players all said afterwards, you know, had it not been given, and let's be honest, there were no appeals from St Mirren players that I could recall. Um, I don't think anybody would have batted an eyelid. But, uh, as you say, on paper, you're looking at a side that ended the game, bottom of the table, 
picking up a point against a team that was pushing to get itself third, even joint second in the table at that point. Mm. Uh, and it, it doesn't make for good reading, but, you know, St Mirren, basically for the last half an hour of that game, it was a game of attack v defence. And the Don's defence coped pretty admirably with all the crosses that were thrown into the box. St Mirren are a far better footballing side than their league position would suggest. If they just had a wee bit more up front uh, and could convert some of the chances that they do create, um, they'll move away from the bottom of the table. Jim Goodwin has got them very well organised. They've got some decent players in there. Uh, Cammy McPherson, who came on as a substitute, I thought was excellent, uh, as was Jamie McGrath in the middle of the park. And their defence is, is pretty solid. So looking back on it, probably when we get to May, we'll think, you know, that wasn't such a bad point that we picked up at St Mirren. But in the current run of games, you're looking at it and saying, disappointing that we didn't pick up three. And of course, the frustration, Dave, with the Lewis Ferguson incident is that you can't appeal it because it's a second yellow. Yeah, and uh, it is one of the anomalies that uh, really should... You should, we should be looked at by the authorities, but as things stand, two yellows you can't appeal, and so he'll miss out after having to sit out, after being away with Scotland 21s with co- because of COVID, yeah. and then he's missing again tomorrow. So very frustrating, uh, you know, from a, a player that's our top scorer mm-hmm. and has been immense all season. Yeah, and uh, another player that has missed out recently but is happy to be back is Don's on loan midfielder, Ross McCrory. He's uh, delighted to be back and he's reflecting on a difficult time in self-isolation. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's in the past now and like, it could happen to anybody, but I'm just looking to focus on football now and I think that's me. I've got a bit of immunity now for a, a few months anyway, so hopefully the, the vaccine kicks in and things go back to normal pretty soon. I would just stuck myself... Uh, and the flap and you can't go outside at all it's either a case of watching films or whatever and, and just try and pass the day but look at my exercises and that the sports scientist here helped me my exercises to try and keep me fit keep me ticking over yeah it must, be, must have been frustrating Andrew for Ross McCrory while he was in isolation but what a player to have back as an option Absolutely. Uh, it was great to see him, as I said, when he when he came into the ground. It gave everybody within Aberdeen leaning a real lift. And that's twice that Ross has contracted COVID. But as he said in his interview, it's had no symptoms whatsoever. So it must be extremely frustrating to know that A, you've had the disease, uh, but B, you've picked it up a second time and once again you've got to self-isolate for a long period of time and he missed some very important games and certainly his presence was sorely missed in Aberdeen's midfield but he's back in now it will be interesting to see who partners him tomorrow against Ross County obviously as Dave said you know Lewis Ferguson's got to kick his heels and be co-commentator with Dave on Red TV tomorrow so He'll want never to see a red card again if he thinks that's the punishment that you get. Um, <laughs> see red TV again either <laughs> after tomorrow. Yeah, um, but uh, you know uh, the return of Ross McCrory a major lift for Aberdeen. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Ross County, Dave, a team that started reasonably well this season, but we've seen a real drop off. Obviously, uh, they've had their own reasons and, and difficulties with with players and, and the squad there as well. But they'll be disappointed with the league position that they're in at the moment. They will. They've got quite a few injuries as well, robbing them of key players. But of course, after the the win two weeks ago down at Celtic Park, um, they were taught a, a lesson by uh, the other half of the old firm last week and. Uh, 
Yeah, in terms of where they are, I think Stuart Kettlewell's a he seems to be thriving in terms of, I do think he's a good manager um, we can't treat them lightly obviously but uh, you do hope that Aberdeen will have too much for Ross County but uh, no I'm sure they'll get higher up the league but uh, after tomorrow When Ross County uh, come to Pataudry tomorrow Andrew, is is the difficulty, is the worry from Adon's perspective that the pressure is slightly off them as visitors because they are away from home they are playing an Aberdeen side who Let's face it, results have been mixed recently, uh, although in, in the league, as Derek McInnes pointed out, just that one defeat uh, in 10, I think he said. But you, you have to look at it from a Ross County point of view and think, Stuart Kettlewell surely saying to his players, look, tomorrow, go and have a go, because actually you, you've nothing to lose when you're playing a team like Aberdeen. Uh, possibly, but um, in the back of his mind will be the fact that uh, their last league win was way back in the 19th of September, uh, when they beat St Johnston at McDermott Park. Since then, six defeats and two draws. It's not the type of form that would suggest a team that is going to come out and have a go at Aberdeen. They've reverted to a 5-4-1 formation uh, in the last couple of games. It worked against Celtic. Uh, they were quite happy to let Celtic have possession because uh, it seemed to be at the time that Celtic felt they had to play 50 passes to be be able to move from their own penalty area to the halfway line, far less uh, cause a problem to the opposition goal. And they just let Celtic play around with the ball and then picked them off with a couple of breaks. And uh, the one worry that you would have from an Aberdeen perspective is Ross Stewart has seemed to got his, his mojo back a little bit in recent weeks. He's big, he's awkward, he's gangly he's a willing workhorse and with Michael Gardine and Harry Payton either side of him if they, they get enough bodies forward they could cause the odd problem for Aberdeen but I think Aberdeen you know the, as I said they defended very well for the last 45 minutes the 40 minutes since Fergie was sent off and then the 4 minutes of stoppage time right until virtually the last second of the game when Lee Irwin as Dave said, really should have scored. Uh, but Aberdeen kept St Mirren at arm's length. I think they're good enough to defend against Ross County if County decide to push men forward. And I think when he reflects back on the last time that the two sides met, Stuart Kettlewell will think, I can't possibly afford to be as open as we were up in Dingwall, because if you cast your mind back to that game, Aberdeen could have been three or four up inside the opening ten minutes of that game. Yep. So dominant were they. So um, I, I think he will still stick with this five at the back. He, he will be quite cagey and invite Aberdeen on and try and hit the Dons in the break. The fact that Aberdeen like to hit sides in the break um, as well suggests that they, they could uh, sort of cancel each other out. But I think home territory being in Aberdeen's advantage, they're expected to attack. So I would think the Dons are going to start the game on the front foot and, and try and, and do what they did up in Dingwall and literally blow County away in the opening period. You can see Dave Wise, Stuart Kettlewell's gone for that five at the back. They've got the worst goal difference in the league at the moment and they've also conceded an average of two goals a game just about uh, since the start of the season. And 
they are a side that had been leaking goals, but they have. I mean, they, they did obviously against Rangers, but we saw against Celtic that if teams don't actually attack them, if they do what Celtic do and overpass, um, then they can run into trouble because the, the further the game goes, the more frustration comes. But So Aberdeen will be looking to avoid that and get a goal earlier on. Absolutely, that changes the whole dynamic of the game if you can get that early goal, but obviously it's easier said than done. But uh, yeah, no, the, the five at the back seems to be working well for them the Rangers game aside last week and Andrew mentioned Harry Payton I've been impressed with him he's a good good player and uh, Ross Stewart who was of course linked with Aberdeen in the summer uh, is is another one to watch but uh, you saw against Rangers last week he was starved of any he was up there on his own Ploughing a, a, a lone furrow for most of that game. And so that is uh, the problem, isn't it? And hopefully, well, like... hopefully when you, you play the five at the back, and hopefully that will be the case tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, let's get the thoughts of the fans ahead of the game. And we're going to start off by hearing from our fan reporter, Graham Watt, and get Graham's thoughts on tomorrow's match. Yeah, Mike, looking forward to it. Back home after a long spell away from Tawdry. So hopefully that gives the players a boost and we can get the result against Ross County. I don't think it'll be easy, you know, they'll still be on a high after knocking Celtic out. Um, obviously they got beat there last week from Rangers, but I don't think that'll knock them at all. You know, Rangers have been flying, so um, I think that was a free hit for Ross County. But they'll come up to Potaudry, as I say, full of confidence, and Aberdeen will have to be on guard. But um, I know we're all just hoping that Aberdeen can get back to just get a win. And any win will do. I think just getting a win will give Aberdeen that lift. So hopefully they can do it, Mike, and it's going to be close, as I say, but um, Derek will know how how much pressure is getting put on the team just now by the fans and stuff, but the team's the team's a winning side, Mike, that's the thing, so they know, they'll be fully aware that they, they must get wins, they need to get back, points back on the board, and what better way to start than your first game back at Batadri in over a month, so as I say, Mike, I'm going to say 2-1 the Dons, hopefully we can get the win. I'm, I'm saying 2-1 but you know I would really love Aberdeen just to, to really go out and just destroy a team um, just get that confidence flowing as I say Mike but either way any win will do hopefully we can get the win tomorrow Graham also spoke to Don's fan Kev about home advantage being a key factor tomorrow it's good to get back to the tomorrow Graham um, it's been a tough month I think a poor month as well if we're being fair um, obviously getting dumped by Zimmer and then dropping points in last week um, definitely poor for our standards I think we've got a win against Roscoe tomorrow obviously Hibs got a good win last weekend um, and they'll look to push on I think um, for me personally we're obviously Ferguson's going to miss tomorrow um, I would be playing Dean Campbell I think I had a whole joke personally um, I don't even know I might even consider mixing up with Cosgrove and Edmondson um, I think he's looked slightly sharper when he's been playing but yeah hopefully back at the Dodgy and we'll get three points which we'll need yeah, there we go. Uh, getting the thoughts of the fans there ahead of tomorrow, Andrew. And Dean Campbell, a suggestion from Kev there. And if you look at the development of Scott Wright this season, Dean Campbell is another player that we know is talented. We know uh, he's bulked up a bit as well. He's a player that's got a real future. 
Is it just waiting for him to sort of stamp his authority and, and get an opportunity? And he has had opportunities, but get more opportunities and just sort of cement himself as a, a first team first pick. Yeah, he, he would love to be uh, the man that gets the nod tomorrow. And perhaps to, to give you that balance in the middle of the park of left footer, right footer alongside Ross McCrory, uh, it could well be that uh, Dean Campbell is foremost in Derek McInnes' thoughts. And I liked Kev's suggestion, uh, maybe throw Ryan Edmondson up front uh, maybe go to up front tomorrow show real attacking intent uh, it was good to see last week Matty Kennedy looking much more like himself and uh, he had done an interview in the week with uh, Mal Panton for Red TV and said that you know he, he felt much better now that he's got over an injury that was preventing him kicking the ball properly uh, and I think we saw that last week he was he was much more dynamic he was taking people on uh, he, he's provided the goal for Johnny Hayes uh, Johnny Hayes 60th senior goal in his career by the way and I, I did send him a message and say I'll bet there's been precious few of these have been back post headers and he said I think the last one was for the Republic of Ireland under 19s so that wasn't exactly yesterday but um, I Kennedy and Hayes, the, if you can get the two of them firing uh, down either side, getting crosses into the box, throw in Cosgrove and Edmondson and, and, and let's put pressure on uh, Ross County's five-man defence. And uh, I think, as you say, that middle part of the, of the equation, the, the, whether it's Ojo and McCrory or Campbell and McCrory, I've a sneaking suspicion that yeah, Dean Campbell could be the the guy to get in there. As I say, as much for the balance of the side as anything else. Uh, Sam Cosgrove, we talked about him last week, Dave, and he is a player that has to has had to come into a team that have, are playing very different differently to the way that they did last season. And it is does it feel still that he's still kind of finding his pace with the the team? It is a slightly different approach, and is then the 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 worry that the team then resort to sort of more kind of high ball tactics. Yeah, Sam does look a wee bit bereft of confidence at, at the moment, but uh, like all strikers, I mean, he, he scored that wonderful goal against Hibs in our last home game at the, over a month ago now, but uh, yeah, he just needs goals. Goals, mm. I mean, you, you don't become a, a bad finisher overnight, but he's had precious few chances to, yeah. to finish. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Sam, as I say, just looks as though he's lacking that bit of confidence at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's a different style of play, so it will take time for him to adapt to that. And more crosses like the Ryan Edmondson one would be welcomed, I would think, because it was a it was a, a decent finish. But again, that's the kind of cross that he's looking to get on the end of. Yeah, he's. Um, but there's more to Sam than just getting on the end of crosses. We we saw that his link-up play has improved markedly over over the past while, and. Uh, lays the ball off but he just uh, I thought in the last couple of games he just looked just a wee bit off but that that will come Right we're going to hear from Ross County boss Sir Kettlewell ahead of tomorrow's game it is Aberdeen against Ross County at Pataudry tomorrow It's time to talk football It's time to talk dogs North Sound 1 Red Friday 
Aberdeen host Ross County tomorrow at three o'clock in the Scottish Premiership and we are going to hear now from Ross County boss Stuart Kettlewell who is aware of just how good the Dons squad is. Game, Aberdeen against Hamilton, one of the catch-up games and you look at their squad, you look at their strength and depth um, myself and Richie Brickman at the game looking at their bench and thinking about the guys that can't get on the pitch an absolute wealth of talent that they have North Sound 1 Red Friday yeah, it's been key, Andrew, over the last few weeks with all the interruptions and the problems and the COVID situation that the Dons have had a strong squad. It's kind of helped get through what could have been an altogether even more difficult task. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, it's still not as strong as Derek McInnes would like it to be. Uh, Niall McGinn will miss out. Uh, Dylan McGeoch misses out. And then, of course, we had the gut-wrenching news yesterday that uh, Michael Devlin is, is going to be out for three months. I mean, yeah. uh, bad luck just seems to dog every step that Mikey Devlin takes. He he came on as a sub in the second half in the cup tie against St Mirren and I thought did well. And Dave and I both commented on how well he played when he came on uh, in the league game last Saturday. And now an innocuous incident in the training ground sees him having to get an operation that's going to rule him out for three months. So Aberdeen still don't have the, the full squad to pick from, but they do have a lot of experienced campaigners there that they can call on. Scott Wright, of course, um, had his operation last weekend and the manager is hoping that he might be back in time for the visit of Rangers uh, in the second week in January. And his uh, admission from the team has been keenly felt. Uh, so, you know... I, we're not at our strongest, but we do have a pretty strong bench uh, to, to supplement the 11 that will start the game tomorrow. And there are one or two of the youngsters who are champing at the bit, desperate to get their chance to, to get a few minutes in the first team like uh, young Ryan Duncan did at Ibrox not too many weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we always like to look up, Dave, and looking up the table, just the point uh, behind Hibbs. Uh, with an extra game in hand, of course. But then if you look even further up there, Celtic, three points between the Dons and Celtic right now. And albeit, again, Celtic have a game in hand on the Dons. Uh, you've got to say, given that there's now that seven-point gap between Aberdeen and the rest with a game in hand, it's it feels, it feels like there's a huge disappointment in this real kind of negativity because results haven't maybe quite gone to plan. But as Derek McKinnis said earlier, every team goes through that. And actually... Aberdeen are still in a good position. Yeah, they are still in a good position, which but but it does mean that they need to turn the results round sooner rather than later. And obviously, we hope tomorrow afternoon. But yeah, and with Celtic, you just never know what you're going to get these days. I mean, a good win against Lille last night, but uh, equally last Sunday, leaking they were goals still though. Yeah, leaking goals, and they, they were very lucky to get an equaliser at home, which normally a fortress, but certainly. Uh, Celtic Park isn't, couldn't be described as that at the moment. They've obviously got a cup final coming up uh, a week on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it's obvious all is not well there. And the points between for Hibs and Aberdeen is a great incentive to look, to look up because, uh, as you mentioned, the, the gap up to Celtic is a lot less than the gap below. Yeah, below absolutely. Us. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew, that that also happened with Celtic having that cup final in, uh, in just a week and a bit's time. And uh, of course, you know, looking from the Don's perspective, if, if Aberdeen can just keep winning, getting points on the board, it puts the pressure on. 
keep winning, start winning. <laughs> that, that's the problem at the moment. Um, uh, although we've only had one league defeat since the 20th of September, uh, there's been too many draws in that, that sequence of, of games. But uh, you're right, yeah, because uh, Celtic having the, the date at Hamden with Hearts next Sunday uh, does mean that they will drop a wee bit further in behind Aberdeen in terms of games played but Aberdeen need to pick up the points nothing changed from last weekend because both Celtic and Aberdeen drew but Hibs took full advantage by getting a really good 3-0 victory at Fair Park so it's maybe Hibs that we should be looking at more than Celtic just now uh, Hibs tomorrow away to Hamilton Ackies never an easy place to go uh, but I think if we can just get that first win, it could just galvanise everybody and and you know be the the spark needed to get some forward momentum going. And it would be great to finish uh, five very winnable games between now and the end of the year with as many three pointers as we possibly can get. Yeah, and it is all about the fixtures. I mean, this time of the season as well, David, is a time where uh, we said this last week, and I think it is very much true that it can make or break a team's season. You look at the games coming up in December, you've got Ross County, you've got Kilmarnock away, you've got Motherwell away, then you're at home to St Johnston and away to Livingston. Yes, those, those away games, but you're looking at those... And again, we talk about on paper, but on paper there's not a team there that Aberdeen should be worried about. Absolutely not. And December, uh, traditionally, since Derek and Tony took over, December has been a good month for the Dons and uh, still every chance that uh, it could be with the amount of games between now and the, the turn of the year. And, uh, yep, they're all, they're all winnable. Um, Motherwell, obviously, they gave us a bit of a sore face at Pataudry earlier on with the 3-0, but... Uh, Absolutely no reason why we can't go down to Fir Park. We've done it in the past and take the three points there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's turn our attention then to Aberdeen's women's team. Lewis Mickey is off this week, but a quick look at the league table for the Aberdeen women's team shows Aberdeen sitting top with a clear lead in the Scottish Women's Premier League 2. Played every team once now and looking good for a title push. It's looking, it's, it's looking really good for the Dons at the moment, Andrew. It is. I mean, the, the bounce back from the, the defeat against Partick, it was Stirling University, wasn't it? The beat yes. last week. 6 0. 6 0, yeah. I mean, the, the, and one of the things that I like about um, the, the ladies' team, the women's team, um, is they share the goals around. Uh, they're not reliant on one goal scorer. Bailey Hutchison, I think, is, is top scorer, but there's plenty others chipping in, so it is a, a good all-round team effort, which can only stand them in good stead going into the second half of the season. Yeah, and having played every team now, Dave, they've kind of got the, the number on every team, they know what they're up against, and they've come out of it on top. Well, they know that uh, you know there's every chance that they could be in the top flight for ne next season. There's no nobody that they need to fear in, yeah. the, in that league, and uh, Against Kilmarnock this weekend, there's, they should be getting three points. They've already beaten Kilmarnock earlier on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And Lewis Mickey will be back next week with another roundup, and uh, we'll have all the latest on how the Aberdeen women's team is getting on. I think we're actually, I think at this point, it's probably worth talking about some of the other games. So let's move on and talk about this week's predictor. Now, <coughs> excuse me, last week it was Don's fan Andy Smith. Andrew, how did he get on against Dave? 
scored the magnificent total of three points and that was a good enough to beat Dave who only oh. managed to muster two so uh, it is now the reverting to type I'm yeah afraid. it's now 9-7 down Dave so you're going to have to pull your finger out mm-hmm. uh, and was there anyone that scored any better than uh, the three last uh, week Andrew yes I got four <laughs> anyone else um, is there anybody else in this? <laughs> oh, oh, oh yes um, uh, you managed to score nine you got three correct scores uh, I see Livingston two Dundee United nil on the button yeah. Ross County nil Rangers 4 on the button Celtic 1 St Johnston 1 how we laughed when we saw that one going down on the button well your other three predictions were absolutely hopeless yeah me. well that's alright <laughs> I'll take that I'll take that with 9 that's that's okay uh, let's find out if uh, if Graham has someone that can do even better than I did last week hopefully well from Dave's point of view hopefully not I would imagine let's find out who's taking on Dave McDermott here's our fan reporter Graham Watt yeah Mike taking on Dave tonight is our very own Cheryl from Red Saturday Cheryl first of all your score predictions for St Johnston versus Livingston St Johnston 1 Livingston 0 Motherwell versus St Mirren. Motherwell 2, St Mirren 0. Hamilton versus Hibernian. Hamilton 1, Hibs 2. And finally, Cheryl, Saturday's last game, Aberdeen against Ross County. How do you see it going? Aberdeen 2, Ross County 1. And on to Sunday's games, Dundee United versus Rangers. Your score predictions for this one? Dundee United 0, Rangers 2. And the final game of the weekend, Celtic versus Kilmarnock. Celtic 1, Kilmarnock 1. Go for a draw on that one. Uh, Cheryl's been on a journey with me on Red Saturday. Uh, and I was just going to say, our predictions are all, seem a wee bit more uh, <laughs> down to earth than if I remember the last time. That's Susan, right. Their goals were coming in in their dozens. That's right. I think she had 4-3 uh, and 4-2 and 5 yeah. nils. And it actually was quite a high-scoring uh, weekend. Was. I, but, I remember uh, it well, but, but I would but, not... But I wouldn't imagine, that's right, I wouldn't imagine the, the high-scoring weekend be emulated as much this weekend. However, let's get your predictions... Uh, I'm going to start with Hamilton Hibs. Uh, I fancy Hamilton to take something on their plastic pitch. 1-1. Motherwell, St Mirren. 2-1, Motherwell. St Johnston at home to Livingston. 2-0. And then the big one, it's the Dons, Ross County. Yeah, I think, um, as Graham said, he hopes that we give somebody a thumping, so I've gone 3-0. OK. Uh, Sunday, Dundee United host Rangers. 0-3. And Kilmarnock visits Celtic Park. I think Celtic, the win last night, will have given them their confidence a wee boost in. Boy, do they need it. So I think 2-1 Celtic. 2-1. Uh, Andrew, looking at the other games, uh, looking at Sunday, first of all, those two uh, games involving Rangers and Celtic, the two teams that, uh, well, at this stage, often you're used to Celtic being top uh, by quite some distance, or at least uh, in the last couple of seasons it hasn't been, but it certainly became that very quickly. It's very different this time around, though. I got a different look about it. Celtic not been going so well of late. How do you see them against Kilmarnock on Sunday? Um, I tend to agree with Dave that they must have gained some sort of confidence from winning that game last night. It was quite a different looking Celtic side that was selected. Connor Hazard in goals, Shane Duffy back in, uh, Ismail Soro in the middle of the park, uh, Patrick Klamala up front. Uh, so, you know, there was some of the tried and trusted uh, lieutenants of uh, Neil Lennon's that were sitting watching from the stand. And it'll be very interesting to see if he if he sticks by that starting 11 or, or tweaks it again. Um, because, you know, when you get a side that's winning, you tend not to, to make too many changes. Uh, Kilmarnock, the... 
They've flattered to deceive, to be perfectly honest, this season. I, th- I think one of their biggest problems is they can't manage to keep 10, uh, 11 men on the pitch. They're playing with 10 men, and so often it seems to be the case that they have someone sent off in the first half of a game. So they're playing 60, 70, 80 minutes sometimes with only 10 men. They lost to uh, Hamilton last week, um, albeit they will feel quite aggrieved because I thought Willie Collum... Uh, missed an absolutely blatant penalty for Kilmarnock in the first half and then penalised them for the similar offence in the second period which resulted in Ross Callaghan getting the only goal of the game. But uh, I think Celtic will sort of find a bit of their mojo, not completely, uh, but they'll get enough back into the tank to to beat uh, Kilmarnock on on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But at Tanadice... You're almost looking at it and say, well, how many do Rangers fancy scoring? Because at the moment, they're absolutely steamrolling every, everyone. Changed side last night, of course, like Celtic did, but it just felt like it was kind it, of more of the same, wasn't it? It still clicked just in the same manner, didn't it? I mean, they were so dominant against Lech Poznan, and... Uh, that just shows that you know they've got a squad that is completely interchangeable. Whereas you know a lot of other clubs, if you take key components out, you do weaken the, the side. But you look at Rangers' league record so far this season: sixteen games played, a goal difference of forty-two. Forty-two in only sixteen games. They've scored forty-five and only conceded three, and you know forty-four points. 13 ahead of Celtic who have got two games in hand but when the two games in hand you're still seven points clear it's the league is there for Rangers to lose and the way they're going at the moment you just can't see them losing so uh, I think United could be in for a long and painful afternoon at Tannadice Looking at the Saturday games outside of the Dons one Andrew and then we'll get your prediction for Aberdeen Ross County what's the one that's caught your eye? Motherwell St Mirren, for me to be perfectly honest, because having seen St Mirren twice uh, in the last couple of weeks, as I said earlier, they're a far better footballing side than their league position would suggest. And Motherwell, having been boosted by getting the two COVID three nils in their favour, uh, you know we expected them to be very competitive against Hibs and they got blown away in the second half and that's got to be a worry for Stephen Robinson that his side blows so hot and cold uh, and if they don't get their act together I can see St Mirren going to Fair Park and, and winning that game Well we're going to talk more about that we're also going to talk about Cove Rangers who went down to their first defeat at home last week and uh, we'll be talking about their game this weekend another, another important one for them also Peterhead we've got Highlands and Juniors and more all still to come Aberdeen at home tomorrow in league duty against Ross County. Cove Rangers, well, they're away to Dumbarton in League One, Andrew. And, of course, last week, shock defeat to Montrose. Yeah, I suppose it had to happen at some point, didn't it? I mean, they'd had a 100% league record at the Balmoral Stadium, but Montrose ended that. And I suppose it's the first sort of mini little crisis that um, uh, Cove Rangers have encountered in their senior career as yet. Uh, they lost at Falkirk a couple of weeks ago, drew at Airdrie, lost to Montrose. Now they go down to Jim Duffy's Dumbarton, never an easy place to go, and they just have to get back on to winning ways once again. So um, Paul Hartley will be utilising all the experience that he's got and I'm sure tapping into 
all the the you know the experience that his his players have got because he's he's got guys who have been the course before and and just saying look keep doing the things that you were doing when you were winning games and things will come back come good again yeah and they will be wanting to get back to winning ways pretty sharpish as well Dave just particularly with Falkirk going so well yeah they will but if anybody had said to Anybody at Cove a couple of seasons ago, this was where we would be in League One in twenty towards the end of 2020. I think they'd have uh, grabbed it with both hands, no problem Absolutely. at all. So, yeah, as, as Andrew said, they've got a lot of experience. They're, they're a good side, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get a snatch victory tomorrow afternoon down at uh, the Martin. Yeah, Peter Heads, they were slightly unlucky against Falkirk last week, 2-1 they, they lost, but uh, they host East Fife, Andrew. And Peter Heads, they've looked in in moments this season, they've looked pretty strong. They have. Um, it will probably annoy Jim McAnally that um, they're showing a bit of inconsistency, but, uh, you know, Darren Young will take his East Fife side up, uh, hoping to cause... Jim and his team some more grief but uh, East Fife currently sitting seventh in the table, seven points from six games. Uh, Peter Head are eighth with six points from seven games so the, this, on paper the two sides look pretty evenly matched so you would think that you know home advantage would just shade at Peter Head's way but given the weather that we've had over the last few days Wherever you're playing in Scotland, it's going to be an extremely heavy pitch. And so fitness is going to have, play a, a big part in, in determining the outcome of games. And Dave, you remember when we were up at Peterhead not that long ago, um, Stuart Hogg, the fitness coach yep. who used to be with Aberdeen, he's been doing a lot of work with Peterhead. I'm not sure if he still is, but if he is, um, Peterhead will be very fit. And so that could just swing it, the game in their, their favour. Yeah, uh, I guess home advantage, as Andrew said, real bonus for Peter Head. And again, m- much like Cove and much like the Dons, they'll, they'll want to just register a win. Absolutely, and uh, but the, the weather could be a deciding factor all over the country uh, tomorrow um, for the games that do actually go ahead, because I think the further down the pecking order you get, the, the more casualties we are going to suffer because the forecast is not great. Yeah, I think we've got more flood potential warnings as well in some areas, so we're all uh, on alert for that. Uh, moving into the Highland League teams, Andrew, and they're in Scottish Cup action. Yeah, there was only two games that survived the weather last week. Broda beat Wick 5-1 and Huntley drew 1-1 with Devon Vale, but it's the preliminary round two of the Scottish Cup and a, a number of inspections already um, organised for tomorrow at Coldstream, at, for Martin when they play, they're due to play Turf United at Hill of Beath at Huntley who are due to play Dalbeatty Star, Keith against Fort William will be subject to pitch inspection at Kynach Park, Newton Grain Stars tie against Rothes will depend on inspection as does Preston Athletic against Hoyt Roll Royal Albert and already one game has fallen by the wayside that's Wick Academy's home tie against Musselburgh Athletic so that will now go ahead on Tuesday the 15th but uh, Banks of D uh, local junior side they play against Vale of Leithen uh, Clark are up against Caledonian Braves the former Edu Sport Academy Devon Vale take on Lothian's junior side Camelon uh, East Stirlingshire take on Inverurie Local Works as I mentioned, it's for Martin against Turriff United and Huntley against Albiti Star. Uh, Keith Fort William, Lothian Thistle, Hutchison Vale entertain Lossiemouth, Nairn County, 
welcome Thieve Rovers. Rothis hope to travel to Newton Grange and the final all Highland club uh, clash is Strathbay Thistle against Bucky Thistle but given what the weather's been like up in Granton and Spain in the last week I mm. can't see that one going ahead No and David it is an opportunity isn't it for one of those teams to or a few of those teams to get a run together and you know the, the incentive is to get through and, and potentially play a big team Yeah and uh, I'd like to give all the best to Tommy Forbes and Jamie Watt for Banksy in their game against Real Leith and tomorrow that one will go ahead of course because the Spain Park the artificial surface which mm-hmm. Banksy are absolute masters on but yeah it's a great opportunity and uh, that will be the carrot for every one of the sides whether they're playing tomorrow or whether the game's postponed and they play at a later date yeah the tough tie for Banksy as well that'll be a, a tough game juniors tough, sorry yeah. no it will be a tough tie but I, I'd be very surprised if D don't c- come through that one quite comfortably junior football will we see any? Probably not. I think there will be a lot of uh, last week we had uh, six cancelled and two games with venue swaps because of uh, uh, waterlogged pitches and I think it'll be exactly the same sadly tomorrow but if they do go ahead in League Cup Aberdeen section one Hermes who are unbeaten so far they go to Aberdeen University the other game there Stonehaven against Horus United in section two of the Bamford Buchan it's uh, at College Park it should be a good game if it goes ahead between Fraserburgh United and Ellen United uh, Andrew back to the game tomorrow Ross County visit Petodre it's a three o'clock kickoff. you'll hear all the updates right here on Red Saturday myself and Cheryl will be here from two and just from your perspective I'm going to get a prediction from you, but also what... I'd hoped you'd forgotten that. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, save the best to last. And uh, and as well as that, what do you think the Derek McInnes, what's his approach tomorrow? What does he say to the players? You, you suggested the potential of maybe two up, up top or, or maybe even just having those wing players really trying to provide the service like they did for Johnny Hayes last week. Um, is that... What he is that? What he says is that what he focuses on? Is it all about attacking? What what's his work? What does he say? Well, I think because we're back at Petardry again, he's going to want to make home advantage count as as much as possible. We've got a decent home record against Ross County, although the last time they travelled down to Petardry, they did win the game. Uh, that was the day that Dean Campbell unfortunately got sent off, and Billy Mackay scored a double that that won the the points for County. But generally, Ross County haven't travelled well to Aber. And I keep throwing back to the the earlier meeting of the sides up in Dingwall where Aberdeen was so dominant and I think that's what Derek McInnes will be saying. Let's start in the same very positive vein that we did up in Dingwall and put the pressure on Ross County. As Dave mentioned earlier, an early goal is so important in a game. It changes the dynamic altogether. The longer it goes at nothing each, an away team gains energy uh, and from the fact that they're not losing and you know it makes it more difficult for the home side but uh, I think Aberdeen will just be too strong and I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory OK 2-0 and Dave just to come back to you on that game tomorrow Derek McInnes uh, home advantage in the league one defeat in 10 I think it is so actually when you spin it and look at it that way it's all still fairly positive but it is just getting that win tomorrow yeah and, and also our last uh, Pataudry outing was the, the win against Hibs so uh, who of course over uh, in about 15 minutes yeah exactly and uh, you know the Hamilton game springs to mind as well we've had some good games which have been over with the early goal yeah. and that will make all the difference so 
No, I, I fully expect, like Andrew, that uh, we'll take the, the three points tomorrow afternoon. Mind you, I fully expect that every single course, week in life, course. but uh, no, fingers crossed we do. Yeah, it's a three o'clock kick-off at Pataudry tomorrow. You'll hear all the updates right here on North Sound 1. I'll be here with Cheryl for Red Saturday from 2. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday.